Okay, everybody, really excited to, uh, to have Roland Frazier here for another Ignite Visibility University. If you don't know Roland Frazier, he is co-founder and principal of five different Inc. Magazine fastest growing companies. He's also a guy I've known for a while and uh, who I consider to be super, super smart at digital marketing. And then outside of that, he's built and sold 24 different businesses. Uh, and these are businesses ranging from 3 million to just under 4 billion. And he's currently CEO of All Channels Media and principal of Scalable.co, Digital Marketer, which is just a, a really cool publication and events company that, that uh, I absolutely loved and involved with just a little bit as part of their War Room group. And then uh, Traffic and Conversion Summit, Praxio, TrueConversions.com, Fully Accountable, and a couple other really amazing companies like Everbull and Big Block Realty. So Roland, really happy to have you here today. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, John. Very cool. Well, super excited to have you here today. Today, everybody, Ignite Visibility listeners, we're going to be talking about a couple different things. We're going to be talking about how Roland's podcast just hit 1 million listeners, uh, which is really exciting. We're going to be talking a little bit about online challenges and online events, and maybe a little bit about acquiring audiences and why that might be a really good move for your business. So exciting stuff, high impact stuff. We're looking to get some exciting strategy from Roland. Um, but yeah, so first, Roland, uh, tell us a little bit about where are some of the biggest successes that you're seeing in marketing and business right now? Just off the top of your head, what, what are you excited about? What's, what's kind of getting you blogging? What's getting you talking? What's getting you interviewing people on podcasts at the moment? Well, uh, you know, the thing that gets me interviewing people on podcasts is that I just think that there's so many interesting people that that's a great way to have conversations with them. And um, I'm very passionate about business. And so, you know, uh, my friends like you are also. And so it's just basically really easy because we just get on like we are here and have a conversation. So that's like, I'm very passionate about everything that's going on. I want to know what are people thinking? What's, you know, what's happening? And the things that I see right now that are that are working really well for people. Um, it's kind of interesting. It started out with when the uh, crisis first happened and the shutdown and all that with COVID, everybody yeah. uh, disappeared or they went out and gave value. And so I think that like the, the start of that, um, and this would be kind of a playbook I would use, you know, when and if this happens, something like this happened again, is the very first thing you have to do, I think, is, is give value because nobody knows what's going on. And so if you can be there and be present and offer value when there's uncertainty, then that's a, that's a wonderful thing for people. And then, uh, so, so we did that by giving, you know, scheduling lots of interviews and giving away uh, a whole bunch of content over Digital Marketer. We made our stuff free. So we had like 60, close to 65,000 accounts that we gave away for free for one of our lowest end paid things, but it's $100 a month. So, you know, it was a pretty good give. And we did that for 30 days and added, you know, added almost 65,000 new accounts. Then at the end of that, converted several of those to paying accounts. So that ended up being a really good profitability thing. So that, that and that's still working for people. I still see people doing that. Um, now I think the, the types of things that are working is that, um, that while people are home, you still have the attention of those people. And so there's definitely everybody I know that's doing e-learning is doing really, really well. All the people that I knew, including us, that were doing events now, of course, have had to take those to virtual. And so um, the question is, how do you do 
a virtual event that's not just staring at little boxes on the screen, you know, through <laughs> Zoom or something like that. And so that's been fun too, because now uh, those are happening with stages and people are, you know, people are being able to tune in via Zooms and things like that. But um, you look at what Tony Robbins just did with these 16 foot walls, 360 degree thing where he ran around and like, you know, put his hand up to the screens, clapping with everybody and they're all dancing and he's got dancers and bands on in the middle of the stage and all that. And that's, that's really been cool for events because the virtual events used to be just horribly boring. And now there's actually a real movement um, in the AV companies that I'm talking to. They're all building big virtual sound stages. Um, so it'll be kind of fun to see how does that affect the, the hotel industry and the convention center industry as, you know, as people are able to do these big events virtually and, um, and even events like that that are designed to sell, not just to like sell a ticket and have people go and, and get good stuff, but also to have at the end of that uh, offers to be able to made, be made. That's, that's all really changing and, and working well. And then um, as far as like the types of things that I see working really well right now, uh, mini classes are working well where uh, you give a free or paid mini class that's like three 10 to 12 minute videos that are around mm -hmm. a theme. Um, and that, that seems to be working really well. Um, mini webinars that are about a 10 to 12 minute webinar that starts with the call to action that starts saying, I'm looking for clients uh, who are interested in, you know, like for you, it'd be like, I'm looking for a few new, really good clients for my agency. And, um, and then kind of working backwards, but it's only 10 minutes. So you're not like wasting an hour or an hour and a half of people's times on this webinar that doesn't really educate very much and doesn't, you know, it's like, that's those old webinars of, you know, I, I was, uh, I was, you know, born a, a, a legless creature in the, in a swamp and eventually <laughs> evolved out and, you know, paid my dues for years. And now I'm successful. That kind of stuff isn't really selling like, you know, yeah. Hey, we know where you are right now. You know, you're doing stuff out of your house and you know, these are the challenges that you have. And this is how, what we have to offer can help you with that. And, um, and do then you challenges. Think that, do you think that the free time when giving away free things and free value is over? Or do you feel like we're still in the middle of that? Well, I think the free line will always be there. I think that there was about a 60 day period between the middle of March and the middle of May where um, it was, you were able to do that and have a really big audience and a really big um, spurt of growth because you were a first mover. So even if people do it now, um, I, I don't think it's it's as as effective as it was, but I think giving away things free will always be effective. The thing that we've seen too is that um, that that really it's the low end and the high end are working really well right now, but the middle end doesn't seem to be performing as well. So you either go out with your high ticket thing with a very short message to people, you know, like I know neither you or I is going to sit on a webinar for an hour and a half listening to drivel hoping that at the end we'll find out, is this something I want to buy? I'm just not going to ever do that. And I'm no. certainly not going to schedule time <laughs> in the future for it when what I want is right now. So I think that, that for, for the higher end of the market, the, the people that have money to spend right now who are successful are people who are very conscious of their time and they're managing that well and they're, they're decision makers and action takers. So you can tell them it's okay to say, you know, hey, I'm, my name's John Lincoln. I've got Ignite Visibility and I'm looking for seven new clients. Um, you know, that's it. 
that's my, that's my call to action. And, and then wow. you go through some credibility stuff and I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'm going to have a conversation with you about that as opposed to, you know, oh, look, you know, John's got to, you know, learn how to build funnels, you know, webinar for 90 minutes of my life that I'll never get back again. You know, it's yeah, that three day funnel building webinar. Yeah, yeah. it's not, <laughs> it's not, I, I think that that's just the time we're in is that everybody realizes that there are a million opportunities whirling around right now. And we don't know that, I mean, with any certainty, what, what's going to happen over the next three, six, nine, 12 months. And we don't know if the world's going to be mobile again. We don't know if the United States is finally going to be allowed to go to other countries. You know, it's, it's yeah. all these, all these things that we just don't know. So we have to make decisions quickly in an ever changing environment, which is ideal for communicating very efficiently. And so I think that, um, I think that's a, a big deal right now. Well, one of the things I think you hit on that I think a lot of clients and marketers listening to this podcast will really appreciate is this idea that anybody can kind of have a freemium offer, a freemium, high impact, short offer that they can advertise online that's going to give value, but then also get people into the funnel. And so I, I've been seeing you do a lot of that. I mean, is that something that you would recommend for, for people? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the things that are working best for us right now, uh, mini webinar uh, mini class and challenge. The, the challenge I think is working well because it proves to people in advance. It's, it's really like you're, you're thinking about the ones that work well, cause there's a lot that don't, but the ones that are working well that I've seen are the ones that make a promise that the person who is attending the challenge says, I want that thing. And I know I'm going to get that thing at the end of this three, five, seven, 14, 28 days, whatever it is. And, um, and then along the way, they're engaged and they're having micro successes and micro wins. They can celebrate with a group of people who are going through the same thing all at once. You know, you remember at, when this all started, it was, there was a lot of, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think there's something to that. And I think we're still looking for, where's my tribe? Because I don't have anybody right now because I can't go and socialize like I used to. So if I can form a tribe, even for a small amount of time around a particular goal that I want to achieve, and we're all in that together trying to uh, do the steps to make it happen, and we're seeing the progress and we're encouraged by each other's progress, and then at the end we have this thing, and if a call to action is made at that point to, have, to be able to go deeper, then it's a logical yes, right? It's a, it's, okay, I, I see this person that I trusted with my time on this challenge, whether it's free or paid, has actually delivered on what they said. And I believe that I can, I can get the other things they say that I can get. And if they want that, they can go forward and, and have that happen. So I think challenges are really good for that in the online e-commerce, e-learning uh, event, all of those types of things. I absolutely love it. And I, I, I know that you did fantastic on your challenge and watching that and then watching Tony's challenge, Tony Robbins challenge and seeing how successful they were and how engaged people are. I mean, I, it seems like something that people could bring right now to their industry, especially if it's a niche industry and have mm -hmm. a ton of success. So I'd love it if you don't mind walk, you know, our listeners just a little bit through the challenge that you've been doing and maybe just some of the subtleties around it and why it's been successful. Cause it's one that I was really interested in. I I thought it was really well-timed. It brought a lot of value to people. So what, what's the challenge you've been running right now? Yeah, it's really cool because um, we're on our fourth, we just finished our fourth one. So um, I did it in April, May, June, and July. 
and uh, and then we have another one coming up in August. And um, it, it's like starting with what is the thing that I can deliver? We said, well, my thing is buying and selling businesses and, and I teach people how to do it with no money out of pocket. Not no money down, not no money, but no money out of pocket. And um, so then how do I tie that into the current environment? Well, there's a whole lot of businesses that are having a hard time right now. And that means that there's a lot of businesses that are available for sale. And even the successful businesses are uh, experiencing depressed prices as they try to sell. And so how could, how could I meet what people were thinking? I'd love to buy a business while business prices are low, yep. but also how do I do that without feeling bad about it? So my, my result was ethical profits in crisis. So to speak to the fact that we are in crisis and we can make profits, but let's do it ethically. Let's do it in a way that actually helps instead of makes things worse. We're not really taking advantage as much as we are, um, we are coming in and providing a solution that's valuable that, that is not predatory and not um, parasitic, but it's actually going to add value, mm -hmm. which is how can we take these companies that would otherwise close their doors and acquire them and save jobs and that kind of thing. So to, to me, like you're, you're, if you're going to be successful, like really successful with this particular environment and, and, you know, in any time, really, how do you capture the zeitgeist of that? How do you, you know, what's the, that feeling that everybody is experiencing and mm -hmm. tie into it. So that was, that was how I framed it. And then, um, you know, it was, okay, well, what, what can I deliver in this period of time? So I wanted to do a five day challenge cause I didn't think three was enough. And I thought seven sounded like an immense amount of work. Right. <laughs> so, um, I settled on five and, uh, I was like, okay, well, what I can teach people, I, I don't feel like I'll be able to get people to actually complete a, di a deal, like find a business and negotiate and close it and pay for it and everything in five days. That, that would be pretty ambitious. But I knew that I could get them to find five of them that they could, they could target that they could see would be potential $0 out-of-pocket transactions. And so that was what I decided my promise would be. And then um, I created a five-day challenge, starting with a very easy step uh, that I ask them, you know, educate the opportunity and here's what's going on on day one. And then, you know, step one is a very easy step that, you know, takes them five minutes to do. And then all of that goes into a Facebook group where everybody is sharing, screenshotting, videoing, live streaming, everything that they're doing and the successes, which causes the people who were afraid to do it to then take action. And everybody likes the recognition. It gives them something that's a win in a time when there aren't a lot of wins for a lot of people. And I think that's, you know, that's been really important. So we've been, we've been able to do four of those and um, we've learned a lot. And, and the other thing that's been interesting is moving from warm traffic to lukewarm traffic to ice cold traffic mm -hmm. over that time. And, you know, you start, and this is, I think, uh, I think it's fun to watch because I, I see people who are like, yeah, I did this thing. And, uh, you know, I, uh, my, I had a 14 to one, uh, ad, you know, uh, ROAS and, um, and we, we had a ridiculous ROAS to start, right? We spent $9,700 and generated about 870,000 in revenue. And, um, and of course it's digital product, so it's not that expensive to fulfill that. And then the second time we did it, um, and we did about the same, I think it was 860, um, that we did, but we spent 14,000 plus we had, um, we were mailing to, instead of just like Facebook and that kind of stuff, we, cause I didn't start with a list. We, um, 
mailed to the digital marketer list, which is a giant list. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, okay, that's cool. It did as well, but it was harder. And then we went outside of that to for number three last month and said, um, okay, let's see how we do to cold traffic. And there we had, um, so like we started with the 33% of the people that were in the challenge converted on the first challenge. The second challenge, 18.6% of the people converted, right? That's a, you know, a huge change, but not, people didn't know me as well. Then the people that didn't know me at all converted at 11.75% mm -hmm. in the challenge. And I think that's about where we're going to end up. We just closed on Sunday night. So there's still things that are, that I don't know um, how they're doing, but, um, but ROAS wise, um, we've come all the way down to like totally ice, ice cold traffic on, on number four, but we're still at a little over, like, I think it's like a 2.2, 2.3 ROAS, which is pretty great. You know, mm -hmm. you, we, like we spent 155,000 in media on this one that we just did. And I think we'll end up around 400 um, when all is said and done. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to watch that. And, and then you learn your data, you know, and you love, you know, this is like, so now we know a challenge, you know, a buyer's worth $657. So as long as I can spend under 657 to acquire them, I should. So that was why we poured 150 grand into the last media campaign, because it was like, we know. And even though we were acquiring people at between like 160 and 180, you know, 180, $190, yeah. we know that, just seven days later, that money all comes back times X, right? That's, that sounds like a fantastic campaign. And I love that you're scaling it. I love you're pushing it bigger, which is so your personality and just, you know, you're such a great entrepreneur in those ways. You know, one question I would have for you is, you know, we're going to be doing more online events for clients in general. Some of them might be challenges. And so what have you learned about virtual events, like any, any, like anything that's been a takeaway for you. Uh, I've noticed a lot of different camera angles happening. I've noticed, you know, bigger screens. I've noticed um, maybe not having too many zoom calls in a day. Like what are, what are some of the things that you've kind of picked up as you've made this huge transition, which in, in my opinion has been a very successful transition. I think you guys and, and you and your team have you know, pivoted to online events quicker and better than many other people I've seen. So, so what are a couple tips around that area for, for uh, people who are listening? Well, the, the, I think the biggest thing is just how can you engage people? So you, you're in our war room mastermind and I don't know, I think you missed yesterday, but yesterday, so we have an event that's coming up and how can you engage people so that you're not just little boxes on a screen? So yeah. we had a stage set up at our uh, headquarters and digital marketer where we broadcast from. So instead of somebody sitting in front of you on, you know, just the bust in a box, um, it was uh, on stage with, you know, with screen and props and things like that. And then we email, we emailed, we physically mailed out engagement devices to people. So yesterday we had, um, we sent everybody a board uh, before the, before the show. So you should have received a package that had a board and a t-shirt in it yep, got and it. a Sharpie. And so you, number one, you got to think about, they might not have everything you think that they have. So our idea was we're going to do the, th we're going to theme the event, which is important even when you're doing non-virtual events, but you should always theme the event. So we theme the event um, breakthroughs. And then we said, well, how, what's the metaphor for the breakthrough? It's breaking a board. So let's have everybody at the same time break a board as part of the event. So we have the stage with multiple cam camera angles and everything. And then we had the martial arts instructor with the motivational person. And we sent the package, which had the t-shirt that said uh, breakthrough 2020. 
It had the board, which I, I've got it here, actually. So this package went out to everybody. And in it, there's a t-shirt, there's a board, and there's a Sharpie because we wanted people to write their limiting belief on one side and then the thing that they would break through to if they got over that limiting belief on the other side so that you're literally breaking through the challenge that you have into the Love achievement it. of the other thing or access to it. And so that was something that we were all able to do together, which ties the group together. It has good metaphorical value for what we want to accomplish. And also we buy, you know, we gave them everything. Somebody at the last minute said, you know, they might not have Sharpies. So we should, we should, <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. And then we mailed out, we gave people the option to do one of two things because normally um, there's a social component to these events. So how do you recreate that social component? So I've seen people like Pete Vargas um, doing DoorDash coordinations where everybody gets their meals delivered at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just tough. That's tough. Um, and if you have international, it becomes almost impossible. Um, but that's been something that's been interesting. And, um, and Pete uh, and Tony Robbins had these little things that were like hearts and stuff that people would hold up, you know, like to like, like a live like, you know, a live love. So all of those things that you would normally do in a live event, um, trying to recreate as much as possible, realizing that you can never capture the nonverbal stuff of a one-on-one -on -one in person you know, kind of thing. But yeah. also yesterday for our, our happy hour at the end of War Room, we, we had uh, mailed out again in advance, we gave people the choice between a chocolate tasting and a bourbon tasting. And so we sent out um, uh, three uh, Weller weeded bourbons and two Pappy Van Winkle bourbons, uh, which are super high-end bourbons to like have people taste. And I got a sommelier to come over to my house and we set up, and again, a, a, a stage environment, I put the computer up across from my bar with my bar in the background and the sommelier is talking about all the different things and we're mixing bourbons together and talking about the tastes and in the other room Deanna's conducting a chocolate tasting we had sent people four different chocolates and you know all this stuff that helps to create the social and, and it was really funny I was talking with the with the psalm uh, after we signed off and he's like it's he's like it starts like you're in on computers and stuff, but then because I could see them so clearly and we're all talking and everything, it was not as good as being there, but really close. Yeah. And so I think that that's where those virtual things are going is you've got to be able to, you know, to, to figure out what are the interactive devices and how do you get outside of the four walls of this little box that Zoom gives us to make it more interesting to people. Very cool. Very innovative. I, I love it. I love how you're always pushing the envelope there. Uh, sounds like the bourbon might have helped a little bit to loosen people up. Yeah. You know, another thing that you do, and I, then I want to shift gears to the podcast a little bit, but um, you are so good at corporate gifting, um, you know, within War Room and, and other organizations that you have where there's kind of like this consistent flow of gifts that are coming to key accounts. And uh, I just find it's always proactive. It always keeps you top of mind. You even have uh, a newsletter that goes out. And to all the marketers listening to this podcast right now, I think you would really, you know, appreciate having a similar program uh, for any of your big accounts and, and big clients. Roland, could you talk to us just a little bit about that? You know, what, what goes into that process? Is it tough? Is it, you know, how do you set that up? Uh, and nothing's tough once it's automated and it's automated if you don't have to do it. So, <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't even have to be software. It just has to be somebody that does it. So we have... We have a program, um, we want to have a lot of physical touches with our 
group, even when they're, you know, when, when we're not there. So in a, as particularly in an environment like the mastermind where we meet three or four times a year, you really, you don't want to just touch base that one time for a couple of days and then not see somebody for an entire quarter. So we have a physical newsletter that goes out and profiles people and, you know, talks about topics of interest and things like that every single month. It could be, it could be an e-letter, but then it wouldn't be the same as getting it in the mail. It, it wouldn't. Right. Yep. And that's a big thing. And people are like, yeah, but it costs money. It's like, but it costs money for a key client. Then you should spend it. And then we have, um, we have a rotating gifting program. So every quarter, somebody's getting something different. They might get a gadget that we found that we think is cool. Not some cheap thing that is made in China, you know, in a billion and, you know, you're not going to ever use it. Um, but something that they could actually use. We send um, physical books. So we're rotating a quarter of our list is getting one of those things every, you know, every quarter. So yeah. you're either getting uh, a gift, you're getting a, uh, a book, you're getting, you know, something that we think will contribute to your uh, business or your personal happiness. And, um, and that's been, you know, that's been really cool. And, and then when people sign up, we give them, you know, we don't, we don't scrimp, we give actual AirPods and we give actual, uh, you know, that costs us about $500 uh, to send the the welcome thing when somebody signs up. It's a really nice backpack that they'll actually use. And it's not like war room in huge letters. It's just a little tiny patch, right? So so there's some branding with it, but it's really about them, not about us. And then also for um, for heavy key accounts, we'll send, um, you know, John Rulin, uh, who, did, who wrote Giftology, has a, mm -hmm. a, a great plan for corporate gifting, which is a book you should definitely read if, if, if you guys haven't. And um, so we've sent like uh, with the challenge, uh, Pete Vargas and Pedro um, Adeo helped us with our first challenge. They basically said, this is something we're doing that's working. And the second that I heard that it was working for them, uh, we were all in Las Vegas together. And I said, right before the shutdown, and I said, why don't you guys come down and just show us, you know, how that's working. And they did. So they put it up on the whiteboard. Then I left to come back to San Diego. I had a physical in-person event the next day. But that was the day they shut everything down in California. So I had to cancel it. So then I talked to my marketing guy and I said, man, let's do a challenge. And he's like, okay, when do you want to put it on the calendar for? And I'm like, Thursday. He's like, Thursday? I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Thursday, because we got to get on this, right? And um, so that was really valuable to us. So I got, um, it was like a $4,000 set of knives with, um, with uh, engravings of, uh, quotes from Pete and from uh, Pedro, and then they're both uh, heavy Christians, so it was uh, their favorite Bible quotes and stuff on these knives, you know, so uh, that's pretty cool, and Pete, interestingly enough, had given me a set, and I think he's given like a ton of them, and he never had one, so we ordered them, you know, for those two guys, so like, and that's a big investment, but on, I mean, two and a half, $2.6 million ish in sales that we've had just because of the challenge, which is out of thin air, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, like we would not have had that had the shutdown not happened because I already was, I was traveling to Las Vegas and London and, you know, it was like, I already had a full schedule, but that got wiped clean, which gave me the forced opportunity to be innovative and take some time to do some different things. And that's the other thing is like, I think if people are sitting around, um, you know, watching Netflix and not doing anything while they have this opportunity, this is an opportunity to completely yeah. reinvent your business, right? 
Well, I, I just, I love that entrepreneurialism, that scrappiness, you know, I, I, I personally never worked harder and, and just to, uh, you know, the, the giftology, you know, I sat through a presentation and, and, uh, and saw all the amazing gifts that they have. And uh, I'd love that you just, you just manifested this, this amazing, you know, actionable challenge that's highly profitable and, and kind of new business strategy, you know, out of nowhere. And just for all the listeners on this podcast right now, I mean, that's, that's what you do when you're back up against the wall, right? You jump in, you handle it, you know, you get your hands dirty, you get scrappy, you get actionable and enroll and you're one of the best executors running all those different, you know, elements of different businesses out there uh, that I've ever seen. So big compliment to you there. So let's shift gears in the last five or 10 minutes here. I want to talk about how this podcast got to one million listeners. And I think that's lifetime 1 million listeners, but that is just an amazing number. So what, like, just walk me through, like, what's that journey been like when you started day one, you didn't have any listeners. How did it just ramp up to that? You know, where, where were those key success moments? Yeah, it, it's funny because um, it, it's only a little over a year old now. And um, so you amazing. go from, you know, and, and I didn't do a launch, like I didn't do a big, you know, a big thing. Um, it was just basically I had wanted to do it forever, and um, I one of my friends uh, I was having a conversation with him. His name is John Reese, and um, and John's like, you know, yeah, you're an idiot to do because I was doing Facebook videos. So a few years ago, I started doing Facebook videos, and I was just again, how can I connect with people? And I would go to lunch with you know cool people like you, and I have a conversation, and two or three things would be noteworthy, meaning literally I would write them down in my notes. And then I was like, mm -hmm. I should just share that. So I would finish the conversation as opposed to making people watch us have an entire lunch. And then afterwards just say, Hey man, do you mind if I shoot a quick video and doing it casually with my iPhone, you know, literally say, point this at me and say one, two, three, and I'll say something and I'm going to grab it and not, not edit it or anything. The, the audience will spin with us as I spin it around and, you know, and then we'll, we'll just have a quick conversation. And I start, I was putting those up on Facebook and John's like, you're an idiot. Those are seen by six people and their mother. And then, um, and then they disappear into the Facebook abyss forever. And I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. He's like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, man, that's such a huge commitment. I mean, like, you know, programming it and thinking of questions and all that. And he's like, no, he's just like, I've got one and I've only done six and I just do them when I want. And so that took the you know, I guess the, um, the overwhelm factor out of it for me, I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. Cause I've been doing it with the videos. That's, that's easy. I do. I'm lucky enough to be networked, you know, to have an interest in meeting with people. So wherever I go, I have a chance to invite somebody to, you know, have a conversation. And so, um, I was like, okay, I can do that. And then, um, uh, I talked to a couple people I knew Paul Colligan and, uh, and a couple of others. And they said, you've got to have 10 in the can before you get started. So I was like, okay, I'll get 10. So I just reached out to, you know, to people that I knew and said, would you mind, you know, doing this? And I did make a decision to do them live. So I've only done like since COVID, obviously I've had to go not live, but other than that, I think I had only done two that were not in person. So me sitting with the other person, because there's a, there's, as we have learned from COVID, right? There's definitely something different about if you and I are sitting in a room together, like the last one of these we did yeah. versus, you know, you know, where we are now. And so, um, so I did that, but, uh, other than that, it was just reach for the make your dream 100 list and then 
you know, reach for the stars. And so it just, it just grew organically because you had great guests. You didn't, you didn't promote it excessively. You weren't running a big advertising campaign. You didn't been, tweet it out 25 times a day. I did not. I've been actually horrible about that. If I had the time, I would for sure do that. And I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like sporadically when I was first doing it, maybe for the first few months, I would, I would try to do that and I would fail most of the time, but I haven't, I haven't personally sent anything out in a long time. I do believe now our team is sending stuff out, but that's very recent. And um, we did look to a couple of, I've done um, maybe four or five promotions that are, they're like a week long or something like that with, um, with uh, I think it's like Overcast or something like that. There's a couple of uh, podcasting um, uh, players that you can advertise on. So, you know, maybe I've spent eight or $10,000 over the, you know, the last 14 or 15 months on that. But yeah, it's really been primarily word of mouth, which is super exciting. And um, now we do want to grow it. I mean, I'd like to have a million downloads a month. Yeah, um, and, um, you know, and I, and I think we can do that. It's just, it, it takes focus. And, um, and it does take having an actual ad budget and promo budget and all. But even if you only did a few, you know, it's like, I, I, it's so funny to me. Like I went maybe eight months ago uh, to our, our mall and, um, and the kid that's parking my car is like, oh, I listened to your uh, podcast. I was like, wow, you, you listen. I'm like, how do you even know? He's like, well, you do videos sometimes. I was like, yes, you're yeah. right. Okay. So, you know, it's like uh, it, you're having that impact on somebody like that. Cause like, he's, I want to do business and I'm, you know, doing this thing right now. And actually I was walking through the, uh, to the bar at one of the restaurants that uh, there's nobody in the bar, by the way, it's a very, they take your temperature on the way in and everything, but uh, it's a very socially distanced, responsible place. But I was walking out to leave through the empty bar and the bartender said, you know, Hey, I took your challenge and that like, and I, you know, I have a quick conversation with him and he's like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I work here now, but I want to have my own bar someday. And it's just so cool, man, to like, to, to get that. And those people that you reach, like even if you only reach those few people and they tell a couple people, it does mushroom out, I think. And, um, and, yeah. and it becomes something, but even if it didn't, I think just, if you're doing it for the right reason, you're doing it um, to have impact and to share. And then if you put good stuff out, it, 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 you know, the saying's true, it does actually grow. You're at, you're adding value to people, um, in a, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different platforms and you're doing it right now. Um, you know, one last point on the podcast, it seems to me, maybe you, you shoot it and then, you know, you've, you've got a team that kind of puts it all together for you. And I just think that that's super smart because that allows you to save time. It allows you to maximize your day and your efficiency. Would you recommend other people go that route and, and kind of have somebody put it together for them instead of trying Absolutely. to learn it on their own? Yeah. I, I mean, I just think that, that it, it's a, it's a, what, what is the highest and best use of your time? And it's so yeah. inexpensive to help people do that. So like I have my son, uh, shoot it when we're, uh, if we're doing something like this, I don't obviously need him, but if we're doing the setup with the video and the microphones physically, he does all of that. And then he sends the raw file to, um, to a guy that has a wonderful British voice and yeah. says, you know, you're listening to the rule of free, you know, and, um, and he is actually a guitar player. So he does the music. So I get original music for free because he actually enjoys, you know, putting that, uh, putting the tracks in it. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to do that, but that allows me, like right now, I think I'm 
I've got about 50 to 54 interviews in the can ahead. So I'm a year ahead on my interviews to kind of pick what's, you know, what's hottest and what's best to go. And um, that's the hardest thing is being disciplined about, man, like if you don't get ahead and you need a little bit of time to do something, it's like, it's a beast that needs to be fed every single week. So yeah. that's, uh, that's hard. I will say one thing that I'm very happy I did um, uh, pretty early on was I went from just having interviews to, I was like, I, I don't want to, like as an interviewer, you don't want to take too much time, right? You want to really dig into what the guest has to offer your audience. But I also had things that I wanted to offer them as well. So I started doing a, um, it's called Business Lunch, the podcast. So I, I was like, okay, well, a little quick version of it would be uh, something snackable. So I have a snackable day. It's not a full lunch. It's a little snack uh, of content. And, um, and so that's me sharing my thoughts. So on Mondays, I do my little thing, which I would recommend everybody do so that they can get to know you better. And then do the interviews on Wednesday. And the interviews I started were longer, but I, I think, you know, like I would go an hour and 15 minutes with some people because I like talking with them and it works for Joe Rogan. But, um, but I think ideally, if you're in that 25, 30 minutes, um, that, that I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, if I see the long, you know, if I see it's like 45 minutes, I'm like, I can't do that. Well, so that's the other thing that you do really well with when you're doing just those short, like mine, mine are usually under five minutes, but that's really easy. Somebody can listen to that while they're waiting in line or something like that. And it's a cool topic and we cover it within that short period of time. Now they get to know me better. And then that's more likely to cause them to want to listen to my guests as well. But that, that ability to that duality of the short and the long in your podcast is, is can be really helpful, I think. Yeah. Whenever I'm on a really short podcast, I feel like I have to make it super action packed and jam in as many interesting things as I can, can in a short amount of time. And then whenever I'm on a really long one, once I get to about the 50 minute to an hour mark, I'm like, I don't know if I have anything left to say, but that's just my personality because I kind of run out of steam a little bit. So Roland, um, shifting gears just a little bit, um, really, really amazing, exciting stuff today. I know our, our listeners are absolutely going to love it. You know, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Um, anything big going on, any, any type of business stuff that you'd like to talk to people about? Where, where's your mind go with that question? I mean, we, we, we live what we teach. So we're in the middle of acquiring, we've acquired a couple of SaaS companies, uh, media companies. We're talking to uh, about six or seven different companies in, in across my portfolio of investments to acquire. We're, you know, taking a, we're taking advantage of the opportunity during this time to do, you know, to do that. And so I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about, we're running, um, both Pete Vargas and Tony Robbins did with, when Tony had Pete's help uh, as well, um, did a fantastic job of doing a challenge into an event. So we're looking to do a challenge that leads into TNC. And we don't know if we'll be able to do, we have a big event, uh, TNC, Traffic and Conversion Summit. It's one of our big events that we do. So we don't know if we'll be able to hold that in December. We already had to move it from March and April. So um, we're planning on doing one or two challenges that then sell that event. And what that does is it allows us to get 100, 200,000 people into the challenge and then you know put 30,000 people into the event as opposed to the 10,000 that we would have if we had just had a physical. And so it'll be fun to see how that goes. We're still waiting to see like, 
we need to know kind of, are we going to have that live event or not? Uh, but our whole fourth quarter is, you know, is targeted towards, we will do a challenge into an event at, at a very large scale. Uh, and that's very, very exciting because I've watched two people that I, you know, respect tremendously do it with great success. Very, very exciting. Yeah. And we were part of that um, Tony Robbins uh, event um, on, on a very, very small scale. And also please come to Traffic and Conversion Summit. It is the coolest event. Roland is an amazing speaker. Also, hopefully um, I've, I'm actually a scheduled speaker there. So whenever yeah. that does happen, I'm, I'm very excited to be a very small part of that. So Roland, where can people find out more about you? Listen to the podcast kind of last thing today, where, where should they follow you online? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, Business Lunch is the podcast. It's on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are available. And then um, other than that, uh, if you're interested in the challenge, it's uh, getepicchallenge.com. And um, I'm everywhere forward slash Roland Frazier on all the socials. So happy to uh, converse with anybody that wants to message me. Awesome. Roland, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thank you.